This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Welcome to The Tonic, your prescription for a healthier and happier life. Here's your host and publisher of Tonic Magazine, Jamie Busson. Hi, I'm Jamie Busson. I'm a former commercial litigator who used to weigh 242 pounds. When I was 38 years old, I lost over 50 pounds through a regimen of exercise and better nutrition. It took me a year to reach my goal, but I thought if a type A personality like me could do it, really anybody can. I'm still asking questions and learning about what it means to live a healthy lifestyle. Please join me on this continuing journey. Today, we'll discuss weight loss drugs with certified geriatric pharmacist, Andy Donald. We'll learn about the benefits of yoga for those with Parkinson's with local yogi, Elizabeth Kalenko. We'll find out about the prevention and treatment of slip and fall injuries with rehab specialist, Sender Deutsch. And lastly, we'll discover holiday dining out options with tastemaker Brigitte Foisy. Before we get to that, here's your tonic quick shot. When you eagerly dig into a long-awaited dinner, signals from your stomach to your brain keep you from eating so much that you'll regret it. Or so it's been thought. That theory has never really been directly tested until a team of scientists at UC San Francisco recently took up the question. The picture, it turns out, is a little different. The research team discovered that it's our sense of taste that pulls us back from the brink of food inhalation on hungry days. Simulated by the perception of flavor, a set of neurons, a type of brain cell, leaps to attention almost immediately to curtail our food intake. The study, which appeared recently in Nature, could help reveal exactly how weight loss drugs like Ozempic work and how to make them more effective. In a study with 22 pairs of identical twins, Stanford Medicine researchers and their colleagues have found that a vegan diet improves cardiovascular health in as little as eight weeks. Although it's well known that eating less meat improves cardiovascular health, Diet studies are often hampered by factors such as genetic differences, upbringing, and lifestyle choices. By studying identical twins, however, the researchers were able to control for genetics and limit the other factors as twins grow up in the same households and reported similar lifestyles. I'll be joined by Andy Donald in a moment, but first, a little bit of business. Tired of lineups at your pharmacist? Why not try PharmaZ at the Zoomer store? Powered by the Health Depot, an Ontario-accredited pharmacy, PharmaZ offers a concierge approach to filling, refilling, and managing your prescriptions with free delivery anywhere in Ontario. To get started, visit zoomerstore.com and click on PharmaZ. And then click on the Circle of Care Pharmacy program for your free initial consultation with a clinical pharmacist. Don't wait. Go today. Andy Donald is a certified geriatric pharmacist and president of the Health Depot Pharmacy. His passion to help patients and deliver personalized services led him to launch the Health Depot, Canada's only online clinical pharmacy. He's active in his profession, serving on several committees, including the Alzheimer's Society of Ontario's Ontario Dementia Care Alliance, and he's the Prescribe It Pharmacy Ambassador for Canada Health Infoway. The Health Depot Pharmacy is an online clinical pharmacy, providing free, no-obligation consultations. They'll meet with you to discuss your medications and answer your questions, and deliver your prescriptions free anywhere in Ontario. And for more information, you can always visit thehealthdepot.ca. Welcome back to the show, Andy. How are you, man? 
Not too bad. Good to see you again, Jamie. Yeah. So I, I went out with friends. I have like my old public school friends. We're talking about people that I've known since grade four. We occasionally get together for, you know, a dinner, you know, every every few times a year. And I noticed a change. There's two brothers and I noticed a change in both of them. And at the end of the, I couldn't put my finger on what it was, but at the end of the dinner, they both explained to me that they had been on a Zempic for three months and one of them had lost 20 pounds and one of them had lost 15. And there's a lot that's going on with Ozempic right now. And I thought it'd be interesting if you came on the show uh, to discuss it as a drug and, and what it all means. Sound like a plan? Absolutely. The wonder diet drugs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so what is Ozempic for those who don't know? Well, Ozempic is, the chemical name is semaglutide, right? Yep. So the glutides are this whole new family. What they are, they're gl- something called glucagon-like peptide, and they're an agonist. So it's a medication that we inject ourselves just under our skin subcutaneously, meant to be treating type 2 diabetes, and um, Ozempic itself is, uh, is a once-weekly injection. So they're meant for type 2 diabetes, but they have this amazing other benefit that they help you lose weight. Yeah. So how, how does it work to, to treat diabetes? What's, what's the science behind it? So what it does is it helps your body respond to food and the sugars in your food quicker by helping you to produce more insulin. And it also stops your liver from making other sugar because your liver does that often. It can convert other things in your body to, into sugars as well. So that's how it helps you ma- manage type 2 diabetes. That's, that's the main reason why. And that's how the, that whole class of, of drugs, the GLP-1 agonists, uh, work. And, and my understanding is for those with diabetes, it is a wonder drug. It really does make a, a, a change uh, in people's lives who have diabetes. But we're shifting gears here now because Ozempic is you know, actively being marketed to those who need to lose weight. So how does it work to help you lose weight? So it helps you lose weight, which actually helps you with diabetes, because diabetes is tied to heart disease and lots of other issues, right? And more overweight you are, the more likely you are to get diabetes and heart disease. But it also, besides doing that by upping your function of your insulin, it also mimics a naturally occurring hormone in our body that tells your brain that you're full during a meal. So it slows down, it also slows down digestion um, in our stomach, so it makes it take longer food to leave our stomach. Um, so it makes you fuller much faster, which then can help you to create a, a calorie deficit without actually having to suffer through all that hunger, which actually is a big stumbling block for people trying to do a diet. So it's like a diet cheat that can help you lose weight and combat obesity in a similar manner to kind of how gastric bypasses do. So it's, it's kind of like gastric bypass in a needle is a funny way of calling it. <laughs> So it can help you, yeah, it makes you feel fuller a lot quicker when you're eating. And anecdotally, the brothers told me uh, that they eat less and they feel like they need to eat less. They, 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 they just feel, feel uh, fuller more often. And, you know, I don't, I'm, we're speaking empirically now and, and they're self-reporting. So, I, you know, this is obviously not true of everybody, but they say they're eating about 40% less than they were before. And that doesn't speak to how much overeating they were doing. I don't know. But 40% is significant. You know, there's always, you know, the law of unintended consequences. So as a result of, you know, the marketing that Novo Nordisk is doing for Ozempic, there's actually shortages of the drug for those who need it for diabetes and, and even those who are trying to use it for weight loss. 
So are there alternatives to Ozempic available? Yeah, absolutely. Like, at, for, It's going to take a while. It's going to take months before people can get Ozempic back because this has been such a big hit. So the other drugs that are available in the same class, the original one is called Victoza, which is Liraglutide, another one of the glutides, right, mm-hmm. um, that was used to treat diabetes. It's also been rebranded. It's kind of confusing. Each of these drugs, yep. the, the same Liraglutide, uh, so Victoza is a name for diabetes. It, there's a Liraglutide that they rebranded to be used for weight loss called Saxenda, and that's available in Canada as well. It works similarly that that Ozempic does, and then there's a new one that's kind of on the mar- uh, coming on the market just in this past year that has even better results. It's available in Canada now too than even Ozempic called Bonjaro, yeah, which is terzepatide. It also in the United States it's only Monjarno in Canada, just like Ozempic. But Ozempic, believe it or not, confusing as hell. <laughs> but it's also people can hear, especially because we see all the television and the ads from the states. Wegovi is Ozempic, just yes. rebranded. It's just not in Canada anymore yet. yet. So, right. But it's the same thing as, as Ozempic, is it not? Yes, it's the exact same thing. It's just that in the United States, and it's starting to come to Canada eventually, so Wegovi is not approved in Canada yet, so that's why people use Ozempic for weight loss. Wegovi just has a higher threshold that they say you can reach for dosing, so doctors know that they can go to a higher dose to treat weight loss. That's all. It's the exact same drug, exact same manner. It just has a higher indication approved for weight loss that you can take at a higher level for people who are, who are very obese. And the same thing goes for Monjaro, which is in Canada. In the United States, there's something called Zepbound, same drug, again, approved for weight loss at a higher dose, <clears throat> whereas Monjaro is actually available in Canada right now. So right now, both Victoza and Monjaro are approved in Canada, but the trick is I don't think Victoza has the indication for weight loss in Canada yet, but, you know, Saxenda, that is available right now. People could take that as well. That new Monjaro that has a little bit more weight loss effect and works better, believe it or not, for your diabetes at lower in your A1C, it's because it doesn't work just as a GLP-1 agonist. It also works as a glucose-dependent insulinotropic polypeptide, a GIP agonist, which is... Another class of drugs, like some of the pill um, meds that we take for uh, diabetes, it kind of doubles as two different forms, like two different receptors. So it helps you in lowering a little more significant your A1C, as, uh, which is your three-month month average of your blood sugar control. Just so people, if they're not sure what A1C is, it's, it's how we measure your three-month blood sugar control for diabetics. So it helps lower that more, but also more weight loss even than Ozempic. Okay, so... Let, just to clarify, so is Victoza better for weight loss than Ozempic, or is that a separate issue? So Victoza, which is kind of tricky. So yeah. Ozempic has more weight loss, and so does Monjaro. But it's not necessarily because of the chemical, more so the side effects that those drugs cause. Because ah. believe it or not, both Ozempic and Monjaro have larger weight loss effects because they have more gastrointestinal side effects. They cause more nausea, upset stomach, diarrhea, and vomiting. Well, you know, those Pepto-Bismol symptoms, yep. right? So you have more of those gastric side effects, which means you want to eat even less. So as so you get even more of a calorie deficit. You're not as hungry because you're, you're feeling unwell to your stomach. 
So it's like it's the one time you ever really see that gastric side effects might actually have a benefit effect because it helps you lose more weight. Right. And, and, you know, empirically, my my friends who are taking it, you know, to varying degrees, they said they had upset stomachs. And, you know, they said that those types of symptomologies kind of waned as they were further along in the process. So let's talk about safety precautions. You mentioned some side effects. If somebody were to take Ozempic for weight loss, what should they be concerned about? So just like many other drugs, there's always those bad, um, not common, rare side effects that you need yeah. to be aware of. Right. So Ozempic, and you've been hearing about, there's even a class action, action lawsuit against Ozempic in the United States, I believe, with some of these symptoms. So it can cause sometimes kidney problems, pancreatitis, which is inflamed pancreas, bowel obstruction, even stomach paralysis. And uh, they're very, sometimes serious that can happen from that whole class. GLP-1 agonist, so Ozempic, Manjaro, or Victoza, right? Mm-hmm. So because of that, these negative effects, it's just important to watch closely if you and your loved ones taken it. If you start to develop that, you need to contact your clinical pharmacist doctor right away, and they, have to, they might have to switch you to something else. Okay, so let's talk about some of the collateral concerns if somebody were inclined to take Ozempic? I know of a few, but I'll let you get the ball rolling. Yeah, so the issue is, like, if you're taking it, so the concern of taking Ozempic for just weight loss, right, mm-hmm. is that you're taking it, and generally, once you lose the weight, you're probably going to stop taking the drug eventually, right? I know people that are so, actually planning to do that. In other words, they think it's like they're going to take a three-month course, lose 20 pounds, and then go off it. Exactly. So here's the trick that can be a danger. So... You know, if you're diabetic, you're most likely to keep taking it yep. until eventually you have to switch over to insulin or something because it's lifelong, type 2 diabetics. If you're taking it for weight loss, the danger is your body likes balance. So Zemphic, if you're taking it for weight loss, you, you, it's mimicking and having too much signal that you're full to your brain. So what your uh, body can do is start shutting down your natural signal molecules to make them the, that will tell you you're full. So when you eventually stop taking a Zemphic, or Monjaro or, or the others for weight loss, you may not have enough natural signals to tell you you're full, so it may actually cause you to overeat again. If So if you haven't changed your dietary habits, you know, and, and exercise, like you could gain the weight back even more because also when you take these drugs, and they don't know why this happens, so if you're going to take one of these drugs, the GLP-1 agonist, so Ozempic or Monjaro, right, <clears throat> you actually reduce you lose a lot more muscle mass. Yep. You can lose, actually, of the, all the weight you lose, 40% of the weight you lose is actually your muscle mass. That's a lot higher than what should be expected. So if you have a gastric bypass, for instance, um, and you lose a lot of weight from a gastric bypass, only 20% of the weight you lose is muscle mass. So uh, it's still early with these drugs, and we don't know why you're losing substantially more muscle mass. So the issue is you're... Basal metabolic rate, the energy you are burning when you're at rest, is totally dependent on how much muscle mass you have. So you, if, you, if you go back to your old eating habits and you drop 40% of your muscle mass, like for the weight you've lost, you, you, you'll be able to, you'll unfortunately pack on that weight a lot quicker because you're, you're not burning enough at rest. So you have to be a lot more cautious if you're coming off these drugs um, for one, if you're on them, you should be doing a lot of exercise to try to maintain your muscles as much as possible and, you, and learning to eat healthier, like, you know, increasing like the diabetic diet, eating more greens, eating more smaller portions and things like that. And tr- make sure you're keeping up with that 
once you come off the medication. So, so here's the interesting conundrum, okay? So I was going to mention those two things, the fact that you lose muscle mass and also you have to keep your nutrients up because what people don't understand is if you're not eating as much, it becomes much more crucial that you're getting the macro and micronutrients into your system. Well, here's the rub. If you are exercising and eating healthy to begin with, you probably wouldn't need the Ozempic. And I'm not being judgmental here. Exactly. So like if you weren't capable of doing it pre-Ozempic, I question whether people are capable of doing what is now even more necessary if you're on Ozempic. And that is my concern as a health and wellness advocate is I question people who had willpower issues before how magically Ozempic is going to help them with that now. I think it's a real issue. It's a big issue, and it's uh, right now it's being treated and marketed as a miracle cure that it's almost like a game genie cheat, right? right. Yep. For, but it's not, and people need to be aware of that. It's even more crucial that you do work out to maintain your muscle mass, or it can cause that ballooning effect that you, you can gain more weight when you come off it if you don't change your dietary habits and you're not exercising to maintain that muscle mass. So it's a big issue that people are going to notice in the years to come. Uh, as they're trying to get off it, it's tricky. You have to have that willpower. It can help you to significantly, if you have that willpower to exercise and eat healthy, to change, you can have a much more bigger impact to get off that weight and get in shape a lot quicker. Absolutely. But if you're not willing to do that, it's probably best that you don't do it. You have to get that, to your point, have that willpower before going into the GLP-1 agonist family, the Zempics and Mongerno, especially for losing for weight loss. It's game-changing for diabetics because they can keep taking it, right? They have to for their, their diabetes. But it's one of those things, especially as it's not covered for diet, it can be very, very expensive over time if you're not willing to do the next necessary exercise and diet changes you need to do. Very quickly, we have like 30 seconds, alternatives to Ozempic and their ilk. Is there anything else that you think might be helpful? Yes, you can talk to your pharmacist and your uh, doctor. Doc, pharmacists know this well. There's like medications like Contrave, Zenical. There's a bunch of other options that are pills that do a lot less of an effect, right? But mm-hmm. again, generally, they're all ones that need to be combined, as usual, with diet and exercise. They're ones that can just help you lose a little bit more, right, to make it a little bit easier but again, all these weight loss, like generally uh, the healthiest way to do it is just by controlling your own diet and exercise to start with. But if, it's more like it's always with, with when you want to lose weight, there are medications to help you, but you must have that internal drive to change your, your, your habits, your diet and your exercise first. If you want to truly make sure that it's long lasting. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Jamie. That was Andy Donald. We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss yoga for Parkinson's on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000-square-foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. 
OMTO is back, brought to you by Cold FX, Canprev, and AOR. It's a yogic celebration of the winter solstice, a full day of specially curated and themed yoga classes led by the most dynamic and popular instructors from the top studios in Toronto, nourishing your body and mind at a time of year when we need it most. There'll be music, contests, free giveaways, and special offers. To reserve your class, go to www.omto.ca. OMTO, December 17th. Welcome back to The Tonic, your prescription for a healthier and happier life. Here's your host and publisher of Tonic Magazine, Jamie Busson. Elizabeth Kalenko is a CYA RYT 550 credited yoga instructor. She teaches yoga for Parkinson's disease, gentle stretch yoga, chair yoga, restorative yoga, and yin yoga. She's also an experienced yoga nidra and meditation instructor. She's a holistic health and wellness coach who guides people to healthier lifestyle, improving their quality of life. She teaches the yoga for Parkinson's and their caregivers program and is specializing in working with older adults and those who are living with neuromusculoskeletal conditions. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? Doing really well. So you happen to be teaching a Parkinson-friendly yoga class at OMTO on Sunday, tomorrow. So I thought it'd be interesting to bring you on the show to explain a little bit about how yoga can be helpful for somebody who has Parkinson or perhaps other issues that they're dealing with. Sound like a plan? Sounds great. So how can yoga be helpful for those suffering with disabilities or ailments? All right. So uh, if you uh, if you have any challenges, yoga is a really great thing because it increases mental clarity and calmness. It improves body awareness. It can relax the mind, sharpen the concentration. It incorporates movement, breathing, and improves overall physical and mental health. It is stretching, which is vital to our health and ability to function in our daily lives, uh, using things such as bending down to tying shoelaces or reaching up a cupboard to reach a, a cup or something off of that. And yoga can be modified to make it accessible. So we can use a variety of supports such as chairs, blocks, straps, or balls. Not only do we support, um, do these props support difficult postures, but they make them more accessible. They can improve a range of motion through movement that might not be possible otherwise. Okay, now let, let's sort of narrow our focus a little bit. I know that a big part of your practice is teaching yoga for those who have Parkinson's disease. So specifically, how can yoga help those with Parkinson's? So yoga can help some with Parkinson's by improving their flexibility, their posture, it loosens tight muscles. It can allow to boost confidence, it improves sleep, it assists with mental clarity and decreases depression, it helps calming. We use some deep breathing techniques. The body never breathes deeply enough. We always do shallow breaths. And I see yoga as a way to keep people flexible and do all the other things they want to do to assist with functional health, to be able to go for a walk, play with grandchildren, reach something from a shelf, pick up something from the floor, everything for daily living. By attending a class, it also offers for community and socialization. Being part of a regular class um, lets you build uh, uh, connections with other people. So you meet others who understand the journey and can support you. So yoga improves motor fu- function, balance, functional mobility, 
reduced anxiety and depression. Generally, it increases and improves the quality of life. Are, are, do you have a class now that you're teaching regularly? Do you have a regular Parkinson's class that you lead? I do. I actually have a couple. So I teach a regular uh, yoga for Parkinson's class in person, and I teach one online as well. So for those, I, I teach out of the Brantford area. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's local is welcome to join. Alternatively, I am teaching an online class for Parkinson's Canada. And it get, that one also, not only is it online, but it is recorded. So if you miss it because life happens, you can always pick up the recording. So, so what sort of movements or poses are part of a yoga class which is geared to some, someone who has Parkinson's? So we work on um, things a little bit differently. So there's a lot of general uh, yoga postures in it, but we work on balance because balance is really important, standing, walking, balancing on one legs. We work on getting up and out of the chair when I'm teaching a chair yoga class because getting up and moving is a big deal. Reaching and stretching. Um, We take um, Parkinson's also looks at minimizing our movements, making smaller steps. So we try and take big steps. We try and move our, our, make our motions as large as we are able. And I also incorporate facial motions and vocalization. So Parkinson's can cause face masking where you're no longer able to make the facial expression and your face stays pretty stationary. So this helps improve it. And I encourage at certain points, we start speaking louder and and talking and, um, you know, counting whatever there's certain series that we go through just because Parkinson's makes the voice quieter as well. So if somebody has Parkinson's and they've never taken a yoga class, is the type of your class that you teach, is it accessible to somebody who's never taken yoga before? Absolutely. Um, I've had lots of folks come in and look at me and say, I've never taken yoga before. I have no clue what to expect. And I teach it from a chair. Mm-hmm. So that if you're unable to get down on a mat, that's okay. It's not a problem. You can use that chair. We sit in it. We start. We stand using that chair for support. I teach people who come in with walkers and canes as well. Mm-hmm. So there's modifications. And I always teach, do what your body tells you. So if you, um, are, if you need to sit down, sit down. If you cannot stretch as high as you might normally do or like to do, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter what you did before. Um, modify it. That's the beauty of yoga. It can be modified to anything you need. It suits everybody. Okay, so all, all that being said, are there any cautions or restrictions for someone with Parkinson's uh, who might want to take a yoga class? Is it- so I would say the cautions and restrictions are about the same as anyone else. Listen to your body. If it does not feel good, don't do it. And it depends on your own abilities every single day. Someday you may be, um, you, know, you may feel strong, you may be balanced, you may be able to do amazing things. And the next day you come in and you haven't got that ability. Take care of yourself first. Um, if you can't follow the teacher exactly, don't worry about it. Give yourself some slack, right? Life happens. For sure. And I would suggest finding a class that's really good for you, something that you're able to modify, something that you can perhaps use props and practice regularly and have fun. It should be an enjoyable experience. You should walk away feeling good after the class. 
So all this is to say you're going to be leading a class at OMTO tomorrow at 11 a.m. So that's uh, Sunday, December 17th. It's going to be down here at the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Can you give us a little taste of what people will be looking forward to if they took your class at 11 tomorrow? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be teaching a class. I'm going to make it a chair yoga class. And I chose that because I wanted to demonstrate that yoga uh, can be effective from a chair. Um, yoga is able to be modified to lots of different things, and it is accessible. Uh, we don't have to be in perfect health and shape to be able to do yoga. It's just a great exercise, and to me, yoga is kind of a gateway to allow us to do all the other things that we want to do, and stretching is really important. So we're going to work on stretching, we're going to work on balance, calming our minds, and breathing. And yoga is a great way to help us to keep our range of motion. Um, and important for our functional fitness, right, to be able to do all the things that we want to do every single day to keep and improve our quality of life. So if you join the class, we'll be doing those sorts of things, and you cut along and do the best you can and what feels good, and we'll modify anything else. And, of course, uh, your class tomorrow is, is also open for those who are friends and family or caregivers as well, Right. Absolutely. Anybody who would like to join the class, it's not limited to somebody with Parkinson's or physical challenges. Anybody who would like to take the class is more than welcome to come. Fantastic. Those who are interested in coming to the event, you're on a computer, go to omto.ca, which is O-M-T-O.ca. Elizabeth is teaching the 11 a.m. class. You just go down to the list of classes. You click on her class and it'll take you to a site where you can reserve your space. If, if you're not computer literate and you'd still like to participate, we will be able to sign you up at the event. I'd prefer not to do that option. It's going to be a little bit tricky because we're going to be busy tomorrow. But if you absolutely can't, but you're interested, please come down. Be down there about 20 minutes early to make sure that we can get you processed and uh, we can get you signed up on the day of. Elizabeth, thanks so much for coming on the show this morning. Thank you for having me. That was Elizabeth Kalenko. We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss slip and fall injuries on The Tonic. OMTO is back, brought to you by Cold FX, CanPrev, and AOR. It's a yogic celebration of the winter solstice, a full day of specially curated and themed yoga classes led by the most dynamic and popular instructors from the top studios in Toronto, nourishing your body and mind at a time of year when we need it most. There'll be music, contests, free giveaways, and special offers. To reserve your class, go to www.omto.ca. OMTO, December 17th. Attention men over 50. Do you search for restrooms everywhere you go? Wake up several times at night just to go pee again? Are symptoms of a benign and large prostate taking over? Prostate Perform helps reduce the urgency and frequency of pesky pit stops in as little as 7 to 10 days. Available exclusively through natural health food stores. To ensure these products are right for you, always follow label directions. Welcome back to The Tonic. Your prescription for a healthier and happier life. Here's your host and publisher of Tonic Magazine, Jamie Busson. 
Dr. Sander Deutsch is the co-founder and clinic director of Shape Health and Wellness Centers Toronto. He's a celebrity sports therapist and chiropractor, and he's also developed a unique and individualized concept of integrated therapy and training, which combines the most effective evidence-based treatment modalities and exercise techniques to create a personalized treatment plan just for you. The concept is on the cutting edge of physical therapy and personal fitness. Under his direction, Shape has assembled an unparalleled team of healthcare providers and conditioning specialists to implement individualized health and fitness programs, ensuring that you achieve your goals. For more information, you can visit shapetoronto.com. Welcome back to the show, Sender. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Well, I'm good, except had a little bit of a mishap a little while ago. We've only had one snowfall in Toronto so far, and I was wearing a pair of boots where like, the heels were a little bit worn, so they were worn smooth. And it was a slip and fall fest for me. I nearly fell over like five times during 45-minute walk with the dog. And if it wasn't for my core strength, I probably would have fallen over. So I thought, why not bring you on the show so we can sort of discuss the ins and outs of slip and falls. Does that make a sense to you? Yep, most definitely, especially with the weather changing and fast approaching with winter. Yeah, exactly. So do you, do you see a lot of slip and fall injuries in your practice? Yeah, definitely. This uh, time of year, it gets very busy when the snow starts to fall and people are going out for their walks or runs and or there's black ice out there. And it's very common for people to have slip and falls and lose their balance and stability. Yeah. So a friend of mine who also has another, another dog walker, that's, that's how I socialize now. He was walking his dog last year and the dog pulled. He was on some ice and he fell and he actually fractured his wrist. What, what, are, you, what are you seeing with slip and falls? Oh, yeah. So de- most definitely you'll see, you know, fractures in the wrist, hip, uh, ankle, you know, base of the fifth metatarsal in the foot is very common. But oftentimes you'll see a lot of uh, soft tissue injuries here in our clinical practice where people, you know, fall, but they haven't broken anything. And, you know, they've just strained or sprained a joint. And ultimately you have a soft tissue contusion where there's bruising, swelling, and uh, their body is limited with pain and mobility. Um, we'll also see head injuries where people, you know, in some instances, you know, they'll fall and they'll actually, uh, you know, give themselves a concussion, which is, you know, something very serious and has to be taken uh, with a lot of uh, concern and medical attention. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll also see uh, disc herniations in patients where, you know, their body is going one way and their legs are going out another, and it's the perfect recipe for disaster with, uh, you know, blowing a disc in your low back. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. So like people don't realize it, but you can do some real injury there to yourself if, if you're not careful. And, and so other than wearing, you know, boots that maybe have cleats or at least some decent treads, is there anything that we can do to prevent slip and fall injuries? Almost oh, definitely. You touched on it before with your core stability, but more importantly also is balance. You yeah. know, that's a big topic uh, these days, especially, you know, with the baby boomer generation and the aging population is maintain your balance and stability in terms of uh, preventing mortality. Um, so simple exercises, you know, you can do at home where you're just working on your balance on, you know, single leg stance with your eyes open, eyes closed, being able to maintain that anywhere from minimum 10 seconds, you know, to 20 seconds. Um, you know, you'll see a great reduction in, in falls, um, but also, like you, you mentioned, footwear, 
But you can also purchase these cleats that some runners will actually get that you can kind of strap on to the bottom of your shoes to give yep. you, you know, more traction as well. My my friend who who broke his wrist actually swears by them. Now he has they're like on a on an elasticized sort of base, and you kind of like you kind of strap them on to whatever boots you're wearing, and, and they're pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Also, walking poles are you know great as well that you know people can use if it's you know really bad conditions out there. Uh, but you know, working your core stability, your muscular strength. You know, the more strength you have, the more stability you'll have, and the, you know, the greater you'll be able to kind of. Uh, maintain that low center of mass center of gravity to prevent these types of falls uh you know again just you know making sure you have like safety measures also in place where you're you know you're throwing down salt before you're walking down the stairs you're checking for black ice you know just really keeping up to date with what's going on in terms of the weather conditions i've started these core exercises so this is going to sound weird to you but i have an electric toothbrush and i time it it's on a timer so like it runs for two and a half minutes and i do different sectors of my mouth this is like crazy for like 15 17 seconds and i thought you know what i bet you if i stood on one foot while i'm doing like this side of my mouth and then i switch to the other side of the foot like stand on my other foot while i'm doing the other side of my mouth like i can multitask so that's oh, how yeah, I- that's an incredible recommendation i think that's you know a lot of people don't realize that you lose your balance and stability as you age you know just similar to like how you brush your teeth and floss your teeth to maintain your gums and you know, your dental care, you need to kind of take the same attention to your balance and stability. So so let's say somebody who's listening to the show, unfortunately, does have a slip and fall. Is there a protocol you think one should follow if, if they've had a slip and fall? Most definitely. Like if you're if you're noticing swelling right away, you definitely want to, you know, elevate, compress. If you've noticed some discoloration, get ice on it right away so you can minimize, you know, the swelling and effect of, you know, uh, further damage to the surrounding tissues. If you're having any severe pain, uh, if it's getting progressively worse, if you can't put any weight onto your, you know, your foot or ankle or, you know, walk, if you can walk less than four steps, that's a sign that you need to go to the emergency room, get an x-ray to rule out, let's say, an ankle fracture. You know, if, if you have any type of head trauma or spinal trauma where you're noticing any, you know, numbness, tingling going down into your arms, hands or your legs down your legs that again would be another medical emergency where you want to get yourself to the emergency room to rule out anything you know serious so with respect to your clinic if somebody had a slip and fall and and of course it wasn't serious enough to go to emergency in other words you know no no apparent broken bones or or you know or any of the tingling that you mentioned can they come directly to a clinic like yours or should they get a referral from a doctor first no, there's no referral necessary. They can come directly to us and, you know, right away we can start to do some soft tissue uh, management for them, you know, start to mobilize the area, the tissues and surrounding, make sure that they don't develop scar tissue uh, in the surrounding areas, make sure that they don't have any, you know, other dysfunctions or uh, compensations as a result of the initial injury. For example, like, you know, if you sprain your right ankle, people are going to tend to put more weight onto their you know, left side of their body. So, you know, we may start to stretch out the left hip more to prevent any, you know, further uh, modifications that they're causing in their body. Right, which is just natural, right? You're, you, you know, your body doesn't want to put weight on a, on a limb that is in pain, so you end up putting it on the other side, and then, and then you can have, you know, other problems. So w- what sort of treatments are available for slip and fall injuries that you, you, you typically use? And I, and, I, and I appreciate that that kind of depends on the nature of the injury. Yeah, for, for sure. So it, it, 
most commonly, you know, we're going to use a lot of soft soft tissue techniques, active release techniques to release the surrounding tissue, reduce inflammation, a lot of stretching, mobilizations uh, in combination with various exercises to start to rehabilitate the, the injured tissue and injury and then also continue to work on, you know, their balance and stability, which brings us back to that first point. But also, you know, anytime you damage a tissue, you're going to start to lose, you know, strength and stability around it. So the sooner you can start to mobilize the area and give exercises that the patient can tolerate, you're going to reduce uh, their risk for, you know, further issues down the line and also, you know, enhance their recovery and prevent, you know, further falls from occurring. Right. And, and why do you think it's important to rehab properly after a slip and fall? Because otherwise you reduce the risk of developing scar tissue and abnormal movement patterns as a result of uh, the initial injury. And also you want to regain your strength, flexibility, stability, uh, which is going to be lost if you, you know, start to, uh, mobi- you know, immobilize the area or, you know, take weight off of the injured tissue. Uh, it's very important to have specific exercises and, you know, proper retraining uh, to reduce, you know, future issues. Yeah, I'm going to add my two cents here, if you don't mind. I'm, I Like, my perspective is this, like, we're all so busy. And, you know, like, y- you think, oh, slip and fall. All right, you know, I'll just, I'll keep off my feet for a day or so. And, you know, maybe it will resolve. I find if you don't nip things in the bud when there are small discomfort, you run the risk of it becoming a chronic issue, or in fact, it stops you from doing the things that are so important for your health, like going out there and walking in the fresh air, you know, during winter, because you're reluctant to do it because you might have another slip and fall. So like, that's why I think it's important to make sure that you continue to like support your health by, by being active. That's an excellent point. And, you know, you don't want to develop chronic pain or, you know, what's called central sensitization further down the line where, you know, ultimately the brain changes as a result of compensation and pain that you haven't dealt with, you know, properly, you know, in the first part, as well as getting back to, you know, all the activities that you, you know, you enjoy to do. Right. And, you know, it's easier, it's easier to manage these things when they're small uh, before they get chronic, right? Like, because if you have an acute injury, you know, an expert like such as yourself can treat that right away. It, it, it's a lot harder to treat something that's chronic than it is acute. Am I right about that? Correct. It's like having, a, you know, a little pebble in, in the bottom of your shoe. It's far easier to stop and take that pebble out than to continue, you know, walking, feel pain, discomfort, and ultimately you're going to lead to further pain and issues within the entire kinetic chain. So definitely the sooner you can take care of the injury, the, the better, and also you're going to uh, enhance the recovery, and it's going to be a lot faster if uh, you get into a clinic like ours sooner rather than later. You know, the sooner we can see someone and, you know, reduce the amount of swelling and reduce, you know, the amount of uh, tissue damage, you know, the far superior they're gonna, uh, going to recover. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. That was Sandra Deutsch. We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss dining out for the holidays. On the tonic. The Big Carrot is a worker owned natural food market that's been committed to local, organic, non GMO, and sustainable food systems since 1983. They're a one stop shop offering produce, grocery, bulk, body care, and holistic dispensary. The juice and smoothie bars and kitchens serve up hundreds of healthy dishes and drinks daily. Building community is at the core of their vision, which they deliver through education, outreach, and giving. They want everyone to share in the goodness they offer. Visit their website for more information at thebigcarrot.ca. 
OMTO is back, brought to you by Cold FX, CanPrev, and AOR. It's a yogic celebration of the winter solstice, a full day of specially curated and themed yoga classes led by the most dynamic and popular instructors from the top studios in Toronto, nourishing your body and mind at a time of year when we need it most. There'll be music, contests, free giveaways, and special offers. To reserve your class, go to www.omto.ca. OMTO, December 17th. Welcome back to The Tonic, your prescription for a healthier and happier life. Here's your host and publisher of Tonic Magazine, Jamie Busson. Success enabler, idea broker, and award-winning marketer at the PR department, Brigitte Foisy has been the strategist behind some of Canada and the world's biggest brands for over 30 years. She's also the vice president of Chefs Canada, the organization that manages our national culinary teams. And what she enjoys most is connecting people and being the bridge to successful, mutually beneficial partnerships. She's also our, our restaurant insider. Uh, welcome to the show, Brigitte. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. So what most listeners don't know about me is that I got married in late December. And what that means is my anniversary comes sort of smack between Christmas and New Year's, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. Sometimes it's hard to get reservations, but there's always something interesting going on during the holiday season. So should we discuss everything that's cool that's going on in the holiday season in the restaurant world? What do you think? Oh, yes. And there's tons this week. But I'll start with two good news. Sure. Before all the, the holiday fun, our national culinary athlete, Chef Keith Pierce, which you might know from the W Hotel, is opening his own restaurant called Glass Kitchen. And it's a brunch spot. And it's in Markham. And it's opening this week. And I saw some photos. And it looks amazing. I can't wait to go. So that's my first news. The second news is uh, I'd love to congratulate 19 Canadian restaurants that made La List of the world's top 1,000 best restaurants of 2024. And many of them are my good friends. We've talked about most of them, Chef Jason Bangerter, Landon Hall, made the list that, mm-hmm. uh, with a score of 90.5, may I add. Wow. Um, Danielle and Eric from Pearl Morissette uh, were also on that list, as well as my good friend Ron McKinley from Canoe. But do you want to guess who took the top spot in Toronto? Well, an educated guess would say somebody from the Aloe team. Would he, am I- <laughs> You are a wise man that knows his food. Yes, Patrick Chris from ALO uh, with a score of 96.5. So if this is not another reason why to go out and support our great restaurants in Toronto, I don't know what it is. Well, you know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing I was right because that's where we're going for our anniversary dinner this year. So there you go. There you go. That's going to be a good, uh, a definitely good meal for sure. Okay, so let's let's talk about some of the interesting things that are seasonal. That if people are looking for things to do other than OMTO, of course, they can do on the on the gastronomical side. What have you got for us? There's lots of 
pop-ups and speakeasies for Christmas, literally all over town, starting with the obvious, Casa Loma, Christmas at the Castle, and Holiday Lights Tour. That's a mouthful. It's yep. always a great treat for kids. Yep. Don't know for adults, but for kids, it's amazing. The program runs until the 6th, January 6th, and it includes, including Christmas Eve and Boxing Day. And in addition to the 25-foot tree in the Grand Hall, there's eight signature uh, Christmas trees done by some of Canada's top designers. And you can add on to your tour some theatrical performance and also food packages for an additional cost, of course. So that's always like a tradition, I guess, for families with young kids. But one of Toronto's most anticipated opening, in my opinion, was the well. I don't know if you saw that beautiful building at Spadina and Front. For sure. Yep. So the team at Bar Chef just opened a cool activation. It's the Nordic Holiday Experience, and it's an outdoor Scandinavian-inspired experience, and it features a fire pit and some kind of a little outdoor uh, house there where you can, uh, it's, for, it's first comes, first served. There's no reservation, but you just go in, and they're making these holiday-inspired cocktails, and Bar Chef is definitely one of my favorite spots for a cocktail. I don't know if you've been uh, before trying their big creative cocktails that come with like flowers and and smoke, but like it always impress friends. So when I have friends from out of town, I always bring them to Bar Chef. That's my go-to. Cool. There's the second annual Gingerbread Festival coming back to Toronto, and it takes place at Young and St. Clair area. Mm-hmm. That's your neck of the wood, I believe. And it kicks off this week with a massive gingerbread house and mini gingerbread village and all of the trimmings. But one of our mutual favorite pie, yep. Chef Nui, yep. is doing a Christmas market oh, that's only on the December 23rd at lunch at the Uptown Young Street location. Yep. And their main dining room will be transformed and filled with vendors. And Chef Nui will also have a stand and she's going to be cooking off off-menu dishes. Mm. And the sales of those dishes will be donated to students in Thailand. Oh, wow. Okay. Is it, are, the stuff that's being sold there, do you know, is it all food-oriented or is it a more of a traditional market with all sorts of different things? Do you know? All, all sorts of different things like clothing and jewelry. And I believe like Jeff, Chef Nui's husband, mentioned that perhaps they're going to have Thai massage and that kind of Ooh, stuff as well. So cool. um, and that's a fun, like if you have a couple of last-minute stocking stuffers or, or fun things to buy, like that's definitely a cool spot and I love Chef Nui and everything that she does. I think she's one of the best Thai restaurants in the city for sure. Agreed. Okay, where do we go from there? Tons of speakeasies and pop-ups all over the city. I think one of the noteworthy experiences certainly the Nutcracker afternoon tea at Old Mill. It's a tradition that dates back I believe, to 1914 or something. Um, and for about $60 a person, you have the traditional tea with the sweets and the little sandwiches, like little Graveless and caviar sandwich. I could go for that right now. Mm, sounds great. <laughs> and and every hotel in town is doing some kind of a Christmas, either brunch or dinner, but everybody's also doing takeout holiday packages. So if you don't want to cook, I strongly encourage you to look at like Maison Boulou and and the King Edwards and all these hotels who are doing Christmas 
menus that you can just bring home and that makes cooking uh, stress, you know, go away and just enjoy the company for sure. Sounds like a plan. We host New Year's every year and we, it's just a lot of cooking and I may convince Naomi that it's time to order and we'll have to see. Yeah. And I mean, you, you've get, you're getting these dishes from some of the best chefs in the city. So sometimes definitely worth to stop and, and just be stress-free and enjoy company. Um, Miracle Toronto, I don't know if you've been on Buller Street before, uh, it's returning, and it's a magical Christmas-themed pop-up cocktail bar. It's the perfect photo op of all things Christmas with tinsels and twinkle lights and gift wrapping and candy canes and Santa and, and lots more. So this is a fun spot to go. But many bars across the city, the Novotel on Esplanade, there's Mistletoe and Margarita pop-up on Austington, there's Project Giggle Water on Dundas, there's literally a ton of different um, holiday-inspired cocktails that you can't miss, including the Mill Street Uts at the distillery, mm-hmm. and they have four festive huts, which are offering unique menu where you can try, obviously, delicious food uh, like steam bows and uh, winter drinks and chocolate fondue and donuts and more. And, and like I said, that's in the distillery, and, and that's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, holiday fair in the square at Mel Lastman Square uh, is a tradition as well for people that are in that area. Always transform into a magical wonderland with artisan market and fireside lounge and entertainment and, of course, food. And that runs also all this month and it's free. And um, if you have a favorite Christmas sweater, mm-hmm. you will fit right into the decor of the Thirsty Elf at the Fermont. It's totally kitschy, and, and yep. it's a cheerful decor, uh, festive drink, and it will put you right in the mood if you're still not in the mood. We don't have snow yet, so if you're still not in the mood, that's your destination, um, and rain at the Fairmount also is offering a festive brunch and dinner, which includes a holiday dessert buffet that is sure to please every sweet tooth on your list. Wow. And I have one final thing for those who want to cook yep. and are a fan of Elf, the movie. Yep. We all know the candy-covered spaghetti. Yep. Um, so I thought this was hilarious. But Online Casino is hosting a cooking contest. And the winner could walk away with $2,500 USD. All you have to do is create your own kind of crazy, wild, sweet recipe um, that, that health would love. So stick to the main food groups, candy, candy canes, chocolate, <laughs> get cooking. You might turn into $2,500. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. Thanks so much for your insider report. We'll, we'll, we'll speak with you in the new year, yes? Merry Christmas, yes. Anytime in the new year, we'd love to... Uh, to talk about the new openings. There's there's lots going on in the city. Thanks, Brigitte. All right, bye. Thanks to all my wonderful guests, Andy Donald, Elizabeth Kalenko, Sender Deutsch, and Brigitte Foisy. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. 
You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can always follow us at It's The Tonic on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. For great articles by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of The Tonic magazine. The winter issue is now available free on racks at over 100 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in Toronto, west of Victoria Park. Or you can visit our website, thetonic.ca. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can always email me at jamie at thetonic.ca. On our next show, we'll discuss the health and wellness issues that are important to you. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.